Good morning. Would you stand and sing with us? We thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that we can come together again and worship you in this place. Dear God, we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could all be seated, the children are going to um, give us a little special today, and we want everyone to be able to see.
Would you please greet your neighbors? Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. What a special day, Palm Sunday. And I want to give you a chance, if you come exclusively to 9 o'clock, then you don't see our traditional worship service. You might not ever see our um, traditional worship choir director, worship director is um, probably a more appropriate title, Renessa Fernander. Um, I, anytime she's in the building, I, would, I want you to see her if you don't come to that service. She's at Chandler Creek. She's a teacher of music and uh, chorus of the kids. Is uh, sparkles to get the people's attention, but also directs with an authority that we're going to get this done, and we're going to get it done uh, right. So um, I'm grateful that you're here, and I'm grateful you helped us with that, and that you're in traditional worship. Thank you. Let's go through some announcements. We got um, it's a busy time. We got some uh, things going on. But before we get started with that, I want to give you the opportunity to participate in the prayer life of our church as part of our radical hospitality. You can share a prayer concern uh, with our uh, ushers by raising your hand. An usher will bring you a note card and a pencil. That prayer concern will be shared with our Tuesday prayer group. Uh, they meet faithfully every Tuesday morning uh, to consider all aspects of our church and the community and uh, people who are well, people who are sick, people are in great joy, sadness, and if you'd like to um, have them pray over a particular subject, if you'll simply raise your hand and they'll bring you a note card. Um, let's talk about um, passionate worship. I already said thank you uh, to Renessa. Renessa and um, Caitlin hired in this past 12 months. Uh, really helped us with a number of different aspects, and I'm grateful uh, to Renessa for helping us this morning. Um, intentional faith development. Lots of times we have lots of fun stuff for children and youth. Uh, Aaron and I always laugh at when we say we believe in intentional faith development, but we're off tonight. Uh, we, we don't have um, programming uh, for children and youth tonight or next week because of uh, we pretty much follow Greenville County Schools. If they have an event or they're out, then um, we're out. We do have uh, an adult class in the social hall. Um, we will have uh, Terry Arthur will be one of, will be teaching us for the next four, uh, for the next four Sundays. And Terry Arthur, when you go in there and you see a large TV that was bought by that class, I'm so grateful to that class to help us with that presentation tool. The TV was on the five-yard line, and Terry pushed it over. It's up on the wall, and um, uh, that's going to be a presentation tool tonight. And that's uh, for the foreseeable future, that's going to help us a ton. So thank you, Terry. Um, let's talk about extravagant generosity. I mentioned this to you uh, last week. Um, we mentioned couple weeks now, um, but we want uh, today to be the day if you're going to do it last weekend today. Uh, Advent United Methodist is one of our sister churches in the Greenville District. They're on Woodruff Road and they had a um, pretty bad fire that um, uh, believe their sanctuary will be totaled and they'll be starting over. We're taking up an offering for them uh, over these weeks uh, to give them to make sure that uh, they know how much we love them and support their ministry and mission in that area. Uh, we have some extras. 
Uh, we lost Miss Catherine Johnson this week. This is, uh, this is somebody who's been here for decades and served for decades. Her children have served here for decades. Her in-laws have served here for decades. Miss um, Catherine passed this weekend. Her service will be tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Um, there will be a um, visitation in the social hall, which is between uh, here and the sanctuary, at 12.30. Um, the visitation will end about 1.45, and the service will be at um, 2 o'clock in the sanctuary uh, with a um, private burial following that. So if you uh, see on the Johnson tree, if you'll express your um, condolences to them. Um, I also have a strange announcement. This is not... Uh, it's tough in worship, but uh, I want to get it out to the most people. Um, we're going to transition uh, away from Beth in her position as administrative assistant in the church. She's um, been here a number of years, has been, uh, had a very positive attitude, um, uh, been very gracious to us in the transition as well, um, but we're going to change uh, this month. And if you have any questions about that, you can certainly ask me. Uh, you can talk to members of our staff parish committee. And I want to ask your um, uh, patience until the end of this month. Um, because, oh, Erin is feeling better, right? <laughs> She's getting there. She goes high and low um, in the way she feels based on her procedure that was very successful. Erin's out basically for April. She keeps saying, you know, I might be able to, maybe, and I say, hmm, hmm. So she's out, and we, um, I'm basically going to be doing the duties of the administrative assistant. So if you can uh, just be patient with us. Um, there's a bulletin. If you have a bulletin, you see an emergency pastoral care line. You see that number on there? You can use that number um, for this month. If you have just any normal call you would make, that will, you'll get a much faster response than calling the church office in the month of April. Uh, just call that number. If you have my cell phone, you can call that number. Um, so a number of things going on, a number of things swirling, but that's no different than any other week. And uh, we ask for your prayers uh, in that transition and with the Johnson family this week. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this special day. We're grateful for um, the children that you've entrusted to us. We're grateful for the opportunity to celebrate a parade and to consider all the aspects uh, that were swirling around the people participating in that parade. Put us in that place today, Lord. Give us clear hearts, uh, open minds as we um, open the text uh, that we can hear your word delivered to us this day. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. I want to say a special thank you to the Tamancos donated a projector that she had for work uh, as we bridge the gap and figure out um, what kind of projector we want to have for this service. And we have a rookie in service today. Lauren Major is stepping up and running the PowerPoint. Guess what? I believe in you. Let's talk about parades. Can I be confident that every one of you has seen a parade? Anybody here not seen a parade in their entire life? That's what I figured. 
Might be Christmas. Might be Thanksgiving. Might be Veterans Day. Any number of reasons you've driven somewhere or walked somewhere with a chair and watched a parade go past you. It's a lot of fun to watch a parade. Some you might have participated in. Some you might have ridden in the back of a truck. Some you might have walked with a big banner. Some you might have um, done some cartwheels. That was never my lifestyle. You don't want to see me do a cartwheel. But some people do cartwheels, they dance, some people play an instrument. But how many of you have seen a parade pop up out of nowhere? You're just doing your normal thing. You're in your normal day, you're in your normal place, and all of a sudden there's a parade outside. Anybody that ever happened to anybody? I can actually tell you a story of when that happened to me in Greer. It was a normal day here, and it was like 1.30, if I have the timing right, based on the concerns that I had when it happened. And all of a sudden there was a parade forming out on Main Street. And it was for uh, uh, football seniors of Greer High. Have you all been to this football parade? So the football parade comes and it's going to start on church, if I'm not mistaken, and go down Main. So it's about to happen and I think Aaron's, I was thinking Aaron was new. I think she was fairly new. I'm thinking she's got to leave. She's got to do pickup. The buses have got to leave. They've got to go do pickup. If this parade does what it does and we're all cut off, then no one can leave and no one can do anything that they're going to do. I ran up to Aaron grabbed her keys, grabbed the van, drove it around to our driveway of the parsonage, ran down, tried to get the bus, to get the bus moved so that the bus could get out there so that not only can you celebrate the parade, but I'm in official panic mode. By the time I get back to the bus, there's no parade. It's done. The parade's done. The parade parade's like three minutes. It's a straight rookie mode. Rookie year. Uh, trying to look out for everybody. And of course, Aaron's just sitting there typing on her computer. And all of a sudden, I come in there like an insane person and take her car. And next time football seniors go by, I'll know just to go out there and just celebrate them um, for their commitment to Greer High School <laughs> athletics. But well, the reason I'm asking about a surprise is um, I, I don't know that a thousand people saw this coming in Jerusalem. Now, they're there. Many people are in Jerusalem in a time when they wouldn't normally be there because it's a high holy day. It's celebrating the Passover, a time uh, when their ancestors were in slavery and God passed over the homes of the um, Israelites so that there was such a plague of death and loss that the Pharaoh would say, yes, you can go. You can leave and you will no longer be in slavery. So one of the holy days in one of the crazy places. And there's a person coming in and there's a parade out of nowhere. So let's look at Matthew 21, verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, 
and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So here's your first phrase. Sent out two by two. About halfway back in this story of the gospel, Peter had an amazing revelation. You're ever in a really difficult class and you know the answer to the question that the teacher just asked. All of a sudden your hand, which was previously frozen to the desk, really hoping to not be noticed, shoots up and you hope that, please this one day call on me because I know the answer. Jesus said, do you know who I am? And Peter said, yes. And there had been a lot of confusion about who he was. Somehow they believe in reincarnation. Somehow they believe he might be a prophet reborn. Sometimes they think um, he, uh, he's a prophet today. Some people think uh, he's just some guy from Nazareth. Peter says, you are the Messiah. You are the chosen one. You are the Son of God sent here to inspire us. The highest of highs of knowledge and understanding of who Jesus was. And Peter knew it and he declared it. And Jesus goes, that's right. And for that very reason, we've got to go to Jerusalem. And when we go to Jerusalem, it's not going to be like up here in Galilee. There's going to be some people really hostile to us. There's going to be, people, there's going to be some people who try to impede us. There's going to be people who judge us, persecute us, and ultimately try us in court. And Peter, like any good campaign manager would do, if a campaign is going really well, yanks Jesus aside and says, that's ridiculous. What are you saying? Don't say that. You'll frighten them. You ever scared and you say, it's, gonna be, it's other people are going to be scared? He says, you'll frighten them if you do that. This is exactly, this is becoming the case now. This is real now. We're going into Jerusalem now and people are not going to like it. So you flash forward to today, the, the, the day of the text. And we're on the edge of town, and we're about to go in. What are the positives of doing something with at least one additional person when you're frightened or intimidated to do a thing? Any number of things. We're in this together. You might have opposing skill sets. Other people, especially friends, especially people close to us, generally have a better idea about our strengths than we do. What do we typically say about our strengths? What do we typically say about our weaknesses? They're everything. They're all that matter. But what does that other person typically say to us? Are you insane? You have lots of skills. You have lots of important things to do. Um, and you've been called to do something special. When you, have that, when you have that second person. When you're going out on a limb. So they're sent out two by two. That's really significant to me. And it happens again and again in the Old Testament. It happens again and again in the Gospel lesson. He says, I want you to go and say, um, we need these two animals. Those detective movies that my dad fell asleep to in his Lazy Boy, generally speaking, somebody would, uh, the, the person, um, uh, the thief would steal a car, and then what would the officer who was undercover do right after that? They'd, you know, they'd jump in front of a car. They'd flash their badge, and that person would go insane. Sometimes it's comical. And then they'd get in the car and tear off, sometimes with the person in the car, sometimes not. He says, I want you to go out, and I want you to get me two animals, a colt and a donkey. Now, I can't unpack this in a worship service, in a sermon, 
But we laughed so hard this week on the podcast that I hadn't noticed that it says in Matthew that he rides both of them. Y'all ever ride two? I've never ridden one. I'm not about to get on two. They're on different sizes. Uh, I've had different friends say, uh, you know, you know, in Sound of Music, they, she says, uh, um, a doe, a deer, a female deer. That's all just one animal. But it's, but it's saying it in multiple ways. And this is quoting prophecy from the Old Testament about someone who's going to come in, someone who's going to do something. And in the prophecy, you know, maybe it's two animals, maybe it's one animal. But the significance is the next phrase. This took place. When he sends them out and he gets that animal and he takes that particular animal and he rides into town, the significance of the phrase is something that happens in Gospels all the time. This took place. That's a key word. It's, it's important to understand that authors of the Gospels use that phrase five, six, seven decades after it happened. Remember something 25 years ago? What's, what is, what's the math on that? 92? Uh, you want to go Masters? Uh, 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 Freddie Couples? Do y'all remember when Freddie Couples won the Masters? I, I don't. I was 14. But something happened 25 years ago. It's hard to remember exactly. 50, 60, 70 years ago, this happened. And the author of the Gospel of Matthew, that many years later, is writing down what happened after gathering all the stories. And he's writing it for people, obviously, 67 years after it happened, all the way till 2,000 years after it happened for people in Greer. And the significance of this, um, this took, what is it? This took place? It's to say this is the fulfillment. So you people who thought that when he was crucified, that was the end, and that whole thing was ridiculous. Mm -mm. Now this is what had to happen. This is so you understand it. Um, let's look at Matthew verse six, or 21, verse 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them, ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So here's your next phrase. Son of David. Sorry. Son of David. Them's not exactly fighting words, but it's not good for people to proclaim that in a parade on the edge of town. The people who are watching this are, you know, people who happen to be on the street. I told you, you know, if it's a pop-up parade, there's all kinds of people in town. There's people who are supposed to watch the people who are in town. There's a religious leadership up on the wall of the temple looking down from the town. There's people in the... Um, oh, what's the highest thing with the soldiers sit on? Uh, Antonia Fortress looks down on the temple to make sure that... All right, y'all doing what you're supposed to be doing? Every one of those levels 
is watching this parade come into town and he's hearing people say, here is the son of David. You want to talk about David for a minute? He do anything for his people? Did he do anything special when they were in trouble? Did he write any important songs when they were broken? Did he establish them as a power in the region? Absolutely. So for people in that moment, in Roman occupation, and everyone who's in leadership, in the, um, in the occupied leadership of their nation is thinking, we're fine if we just don't make a lot of trouble. We'll be fine. Here comes trouble. And saying the son of David, a, a mighty warrior, a wonderful poet among the greatest of all time, and they're declaring that guy is coming into town. What do you think any established leader is thinking when someone proclaims that the leader is coming into town? It's frightening. Verse 10. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. That phrase makes no sense. Well, this guy's a prophet. We've heard a little bit about him. He doesn't do anything the way you're supposed to do it. And he's from a town that no one would come from. That phrase doesn't make... Uh, <laughs> oh, brother, where are they? And he says, that don't make no sense. <laughs> I can't remember exactly where it happens. Uh, I think it's at the end when they're talking about he doesn't have the money. There's no treasure. He says, that don't make no sense. It makes no sense for him to say, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth, Nazareth in Galilee. Choose your next phrase. Bookends of concern. Very beginning of the story is infant Jesus. Infant Jesus is born not in a um, significant place, not to significant people. Yet in the text it says um, the whole region was scared. Herod was scared and everyone, I didn't say everyone, along with him. Why? Because things are going to get stirred up. Someone's proclaiming that he's something serious Here's the king of kings. Here come three wise men from some random place declaring that this is the new leader. You go all the way through the story. It's coming into Jerusalem. And it says the whole city was stirred. What's significant about that? We can go a couple different directions with this text. And I think you've probably heard these directions for a number of years from people like me. The fickleness of the crowd. One day they're waving their palm branches. Oh, we're waving palm branches? Okay, let's wave palm branches. One day they're judging Jesus. Oh, we're judging Jesus? Okay. All right. Barabbas. Yeah, Barabbas is cool. Let's keep him. One day they're crucifying Jesus. And you say, yeah, you know, he shouldn't have come into town like he did. Shouldn't have declared he was who he was. Probably getting what he deserved. It'll all be over. We can just get over. We can just move on. But let's put our place, let's, let's put our feet in, in um, every place that we can consider. That's your last phrase of the day. How can we overcome our concerns? Bystanders. 
are probably concerned that there's going to be a beatdown from Roman soldiers to get this back in line. It's already enough of a hassle. You were lucky enough to go like to New York. If you were in New York and you were lucky enough to be there and you maybe had gotten your bearings and you had all your stuff and then some crazy thing comes along and you think, oh, this second, this second that I'm here, this is what's going to happen. Bystanders, there's some sort of crazy parade and you're either thinking, this is cool, I get to see this, or mercy, a beating is coming. Religious leaders. Could he not have just stayed up there? Why do you have to come down here? Why is this man who has mocked so many of our time-honored traditions, not necessarily the loving ones and the acceptance, but the keeping of the rules, he has mocked all of them. And now this guy's coming into town. We really have a good thing going here. The Romans don't care if we practice our religion. As long as we just stay in our lane and give them some unholy amount, I'm sure, 40 to 60% of our taxes. Roman soldiers, what are they thinking? Well, what would any soldier think that was in an occupied land and now someone's coming in and stirring things up? That's not a hard image to consider, given the peril that our soldiers are in all the time. Someone's coming in, things are getting ramped up, stress level's already high because there's already a town filled with people to the max, if not pushed beyond the max, and now we got this guy coming in, and what's he going to do? Dear friends, what are they thinking? This is the dumbest thing we could possibly do. How could we come here and say what we're going to say and do what we're going to do? We should have stayed back home. Disciples. I don't know if I got in it for this. You know, I had a pretty good run as a fisherman. I, you know, I didn't catch fish every day. And every day I had to catch fish. You know, fishing's cool unless it's the thing you have to do, I'm guessing. You know, I had a pretty decent life. And here I am, following this man into this place with those soldiers. Most all of them thinking, how does this affect me? Right? And any number of places, we could stand in any one of those realms. And there's, in, there's been different parts of our lives when we've been each of those people. And we've asked ourselves, what is the threat here? How is this changing my life? What kind of hassle is this going to be for me? And can I stop it? gospel lesson says no. It will go on without you. So might we ask ourselves, how can we embrace it? That's the significance to me of two by two. I have a group, uh, it's more than two, but I have a group of four pastor friends through the modern technology of iPhones and texting. We can write each other in 30 seconds and say, here's a fundamental problem that I'm having. Here's a fear that I have. Here's a thing. This might have been the dumbest thing I ever did. You know, we might text that to one another and then lay out what that thing is. And then you hear back follow-up questions. 
concerns, support. See, if we're isolated and we're thinking to ourselves, how does this affect me, we want to stop it. If we're in connection with one another and we're truly experiencing our calling as followers of Christ, we're thinking, yep, uh, if I have to go commandeer that donkey on behalf of him, I've got to ask somebody for it, well, we, that's something we've got to do because it's going to be part of this story. So this isn't a story 2,000 years ago that we celebrate and then move on. It's a story every single day. Are we willing to participate in the things that have to happen? Are we willing to celebrate as we go into a, a, a realm, a time that we don't know the outcome? Are we willing to halt the times in which we impede because we just, I just don't want to do another thing? And then we make that parade today. If we understand as followers of Christ that we are followers of Christ, trying to follow our leader to the best of our human ability. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me uh, as you're able with our modern affirmation. We believe in God, the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength, in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering, and if you would like to give online, you'll see instructions on how to do that in your bulletin.
Please stand and sing this last one with us. Circle has a stained glass sale. These are the um, young ladies in the UMW. Today and next Sunday, 20 minutes before each service and during Sunday school, it's in the social hall lobby. It's between here and the church. There are pendants, there are earrings, there are crosses uh, for sale, and um, we encourage you to go by and see them. They're beautiful. From the stained glass from our um, old steeple. Mm -hmm. uh, um, go in peace. Yeah, you're good. Sorry. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> the 